Hey, it is uh, good to see you this morning. So thankful that you have braved the weather and you made it to worship today. So welcome. If you're a regular with us, we're good to see you. If you're a guest with us, thankful that you're here today. Believe that uh, God has brought you here for a reason. Uh, I just believe uh, God has exactly uh, who is supposed to be here, here today. And for those of you who are connecting with us online, we're so thankful uh, that you are able to connect with us even though you can't be here in person. And especially if you have never been here, uh, we know that many of you will uh, watch online before you come in. And so we look forward to when we can get to know you in person. Um, and so, hey, I want to just uh, jump right in. Uh, we are in the second week of this series, You Can Do Hard Things. And we kicked this series off. We just talked about how there are so many things in life that you just can't try harder to do. Um, and, and I, you know, it's just one of those things. I wish I could wake up tomorrow morning and try really hard to be a great piano player. Um, but I just won't be, you know. I, it doesn't matter how much I try. Um, you just don't, piano is one of those things you got to actually train. You got to sit down. You got to do the scales. You got to do a lot of hard work before you get to be a really good piano player. And uh, if, if tomorrow morning you woke up and you just said, you know, after years of sitting on the couch, um, and, you know, I am going to run a marathon. I'm just going to try really hard uh, to run a marathon you would probably fail pretty miserably uh, because running a marathon is very possible, but it's one of those things that trying hard isn't going to get you to be able to do well. You got to train to be able to run a marathon. And, you know, if you ever took martial arts, um, you know this is true. You can watch every kung fu movie ever made, I um, maybe have, uh, and, and that doesn't make you a black belt in martial arts. You've got to train and you've got to actually do the things that are necessary so you gain the muscle memory uh, so that you can actually become a good martial artist. And this whole series is about helping us understand following Jesus is like these other things. Following Jesus is not something you can just pray a prayer and then wake up the next morning and say, okay, I'm going to try really hard to be just like Jesus. It won't work. You'll, you'll find yourself disappointed over and over and over again, and yet there is a pathway, and it starts with that surrender and saying, Jesus, I'm going to follow you, but then there's some training practices where scripture tells us we can train to be godly, we can train to be like Jesus. Our theme verse in this series is 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 through 8, and it says this, do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. So that means if you were running, you don't have to run anymore. Just train yourself to be godly. And that no, doesn't mean that. that you, should, you should still run. And some of us should start. Uh, pray for us. Um, and physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. So uh, last week, uh, Pastor Nike really just talked about this discipline, this spiritual training of fasting, that there's something powerful that happens when we say no to our physical body and we say yes to the spiritual, when, when we say, I'm not going to eat these things and instead I'm going to spend more time with God in these ways. And and when we do that, and as we're in this 21 days of prayer and fasting, I, I hope that you will experience it. As Pastor Nike said, when you fast, it doesn't make you weak, it makes you powerful. Um, I don't know if you saw the way Pastor Nike manhandled this pulpit and just hauled it over here. Like, that guy's powerful, right? As, as you fast, um, there, there's spiritual power that comes when we fast, and uh, just encouraging you to continue practicing that. But today, we're going to just kind of dive into this next one. We're going to talk about what does it look like for us to train our minds, to train our minds to have a biblical mindset. So let's first start off by defining this. So if you're a note taker, if you're following along in notes, I hope you have some. You can either, uh, there's paper notes, uh, there's a version notes, so you can follow along on the screen with version. but um, the, the first point there in your notes is just this, uh, having a biblical mindset is letting the Bible guide my thinking and my actions. 
It's letting the Bible guide my thinking and my actions. So it's not just about knowing a list of do's and don'ts. It's about seeing the world through a different worldview. It's about allowing the lens of Scripture to impact the way that I see the world around me and and to actually uh, know Scripture and have Scripture enough in my life that when I'm confronted with something in the world, I see that situation, I see that area through the lens of what God would want me to do and how God would see this as best. And, and that doesn't just happen automatically. You don't just pray a prayer and have that mindset that, that there is something that happens uh, when, when we pray a prayer and ask Jesus to be Lord of our life. We're forgiven instantly. We're adopted into the family of God instantly. But there is so much growth in the area of developing a biblical mindset that happens through training, not just trying. And not just saying, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try harder to have a biblical mindset this week. No, it, it, it comes through training. Listen to what Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 11 says. I love this passage as it just kind of talks about God's word and the power and the wisdom that comes from it. In Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, it says this, My child, listen to what I say and treasure my commands. Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight. Ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver and seek them like hidden treasures. And then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord and you will gain knowledge of God for the Lord grants wisdom from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. He is a shield to those who walk with integrity. He guards the path of just and protects those who are faithful to him. And then you will understand what is right, just, and fair, and you will find the right way to go. I don't know if you've ever been like, Lord, which way should I go? Well, hey, you will find the right way to go if you will do this. For wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will fill you with joy, and wise choices will watch over you. Understanding will keep you safe. I mean, there is so much benefit and so much power and having a biblical mindset that shapes and allows our, our, our life to be formed uh, through God's word and the lens of God's word. So I just want to pray one more time with us. I want to ask the Lord to help us be receptive to what he would say to the, us in these moments, that, that, we would, that we would be open to hearing what the Lord would teach and that we would just say, Lord, uh, help me receive it well. And so uh, would you just pray with me one more time? Father, um, in these moments, we ask that you would help us to have uh, hearts that are open, minds that are open to your word. Lord, I pray that you would uh, challenge us through your word, uh, uh, push us, encourage us, strengthen us. I, I pray that we would hear from you and that we would be open and receptive enough to not just hear from you today, but be obedient and respond in some way. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, so why is this important? What I want to do, uh, just kind of let you know, we're going to talk a little bit about why this is important to have a biblical mindset, because sometimes I don't know if we really understand the, the real importance of this. And then I want to get real practical at the end, and I want to talk about four ways that you can begin to develop this kind of a biblical mindset. Because if we're gonna if we're gonna talk about training to be like Jesus, I, I want to give you some practical training exercises that you can go home and put into place. And so first of all, let's talk about why it's important. Uh, the first reason, number one, ignorance is not all it's cracked up to be. It's just not. Ignorance is not all it's cracked up to be. And I say that because there are many areas of our life where we say, well, if I didn't know, there's no consequences, right? If I if I don't know you know, ignorance is bliss, right? Um, well, not really. Um, so I was uh, driving through Kissimmee um, a couple of months ago and um, was in a hurry. I was going to a meeting with a bunch of other pastors and I was already running a little bit late. 
and I came to a busy intersection uh, that had a red light, and as we all know, you can turn right on red, right? Everybody knows this, and so I did my little pause, you know, make sure it was good, and I turned right on red, and everything was fine until I got uh, something in the mail that said, hey, there was a camera that caught you turning right on red uh, on an intersection that clearly had a sign that was right on red. And so, you know, my thoughts, you know, and I will just tell you, when I got that piece of mail, I was filled with the joy of the Lord. Yeah, not so much. Um, so I, you know, and I'm, I'm not really the kind of guy that does this, but I was so upset over this. I'm like, you know, I'm not from the Kissimmee area. I don't know, like, I did not see that sign, right? And because I didn't know, I shouldn't have to pay this consequence, right? I, I didn't know, and, and everybody knows you can turn right on red, and so I, mean, I was pretty upset. I did go to the link. I actually almost sh uh, brought that video clip to show you my car, turn it right on red. There's a really big sign that says no turn right on red. It's, it's, I don't know how I missed that sign, but I was like, oh yeah, it's, it's right there. It's pretty big. Um, but I, I even called one of those, you know, you hear these lawyers that are, you know, like, oh, call this person, they'll get you out of the ticket. I even called one of those places, and they were just like, yeah, pay the ticket. Yeah, you, you were wrong, man. Just pay the ticket. It, uh, it'll be better for you, and you'll save some money and not have to pay us. So, so I, I paid the ticket because ignorance is not bliss, right? Just, just because I didn't know didn't mean there was a con not a consequence for doing something that I shouldn't have done. Now, we get this in most areas of life, except for when it comes to spiritual and moral areas. When it comes to spiritual and moral areas, we have bought into the lie, and it's not true. We've bought into the lie, well, if I don't know, there won't be any consequences. If I, if I don't know, and if I didn't know this, then God's not gonna hold me accountable for things that I was unaware of, and the reality is, that's not at all what Scripture teaches us. So I want to look at just a few passages in Leviticus. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Um, in Leviticus uh, chapter 4, there is uh, several passages uh, beginning at verse 13 and 14 that really kind of unpack this for us. Um, it, it says this in Leviticus 4, 13, If the entire Israelite community sins by violating one of the Lord's commands but the people don't realize it, they are still guilty. When they become aware of their sin, the people must bring a young bull, and so it talks about, hey, what can they do to make amends and to be forgiven for what they, but it clearly says, listen, hey, everybody's doing it is not a good enough excuse. I mean, if the entire community is doing something wrong, and they don't realize that they are still guilty. And then it goes on in verse 22 and 23 and says, If one of Israel's leaders sins by violating one of the commands of the Lord, his God, but doesn't realize it, doesn't realize that he's guilty, uh, when he becomes aware of a sin, he must bring as the, an offering of a male goat with no defects. And so there's, there's a pathway. Uh, again, this is all Old Testament before Jesus died on the cross. And thank goodness we don't have to sacrifice goats and bulls anymore that Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. But, but there is still this reality that, hey, okay, so if everybody's doing it isn't a good excuse. If the leader's wrong and the leader kind of led us astray, well, then that's not a good enough excuse. And then it goes on in verse 27 and 28. It says, if any of the common people sin by violating one of the Lord's commands, but they don't realize it, they're still guilty. And then it goes about how they can be forgiven. And so um, all of these passages really just uh, help us understand the excuse that, well, nobody knew. <laughs> I, I like, um, there's a, a great comedian, uh, Sinbad, and he talks about how one time he came home late. I, this is not in my notes. He came home late, and uh, he was telling his friends, like, nobody knew what time it was, Mom. Like, nobody knew how late it was. And, and I don't know if you ever did that when, when you stayed out too late, and you're like, I, nobody's watch was working. I, you know, um, it just, it was, it was crazy. Um, but nobody knew. Everybody was doing it isn't a good enough excuse. There's still consequences. The leader was wrong. The leader led us astray. Not a good enough excuse. I, 
even if I don't know, there's still consequences. And we get this in most areas of our life, don't we? We get this. I mean, it doesn't matter if you believe in gravity, right? Like, I, I believe I can fly, right? You jump off a tall building, see how that works out for you, right? It, it, it does not matter whether you believe in gravity or whether you know gravity exists, if you jump off of a tall building, it's going to end badly for you, right? We understand that in all of the areas of life except for spiritual and moral areas. In spiritual and moral areas, we have bought into this lie that if I don't know, there won't be consequences. And, and what we just need to understand is the reason we need, the reason it's so important to gain a biblical mindset is because there is an ultimate right and there is an ultimate wrong. There are clearly things that God says, this is the best path for your life. If you do these things, you will find the most fulfilling life. And this is what I want for you. And if you do these things, there will be consequences and there will be pain and there will be hurt and brokenness. And whether we know this or not, does not change the consequences or the blessings. And so it's really important that we gain a biblical mindset so that we can do the things that God says will lead to blessings in our life and we can avoid the things that God says will lead to consequences and pain in our life and in the life of the people around us. And so number two in your notes, if you're following along, um, it, by the way, yeah, I paid that ticket. It was like 200 and something dollars. It was ridiculous. Um, yeah, the joy of the Lord was not going on. Uh, it was like, um, so point number two, the path of wisdom and success is often counterintuitive. Who would have ever thought the best way to deal with someone who hurts you or offends you or steals from you or, or says something really nasty about you? Who, who just in the natural would think that the best way to handle that would be to offer forgiveness? Who thinks that, right? I mean, that's not in the natural. That, that's just not common sense. And yet, that's what Jesus calls us to. Right? We think, well, you know, no, that what we should do is get even, right? We, we, should, we should somehow get even with the person who has wronged us. But have you ever noticed when someone wrongs you and you get even with them, has there ever been a time where the person that you got even with came back to you and said, hey, thank you so much for evening the score, I mean, because, you know, like, I know that I started this, I know I said that hurtful thing about you, and now you have said something hurtful about me, and thank you, now we're even, thank you for that. Has that ever happened? No, that's not what happens. Like, they do something hurtful and mean, and then you do something hurtful and mean, and then they feel like they're behind, so they do something hurtful and mean again, and, and it just, that cycle just keeps going on, and Jesus said the only way to break that cycle is for one person to forgive, to, to stop that cycle. And what you'll discover when you forgive people who hurt you is not that it's okay what they did, right? So we, we think that when we forgive someone, we're saying what you did is okay. That's not what that's saying. What they did was probably wrong. What they did might have been horrible. But what it does mean is you're saying, I'm not going to allow this to chain my heart anymore that I find freedom when I forgive you. Because sometimes that person that hurt you or offended you, they are sleeping so good every night. And you're tossing and turning with all of this just angst over how they hurt you or they offended you or they did something wrong. They are sleeping good. And when you forgive them, it allows you to begin to find freedom. It allows you to begin to find healing. And, and that's the reason that Jesus tells us to do this. It's, it's for our own good that we forgive. It's for our own good that, that we uh, find for forgiveness. And so uh, tithing, tithing is like this, all right? So, um, you know, for those of us who practice giving 10% to God, on a common sense basis, it makes no sense whatsoever that if I give 10% to God, he's going to somehow meet my needs in a greater way and bless me in greater ways. That, that does not make sense on paper. And yet, 
It, the, the commands of Scripture are counterintuitive, and when I do what God tells me to do and I trust Him with 10%, He somehow, and there are so many people in this room that could testify to this, He takes the 90%, He blesses, and we find we're more, He makes all of our ends meet, and He blesses in ways and gives us, gives us an abundance in a way that we just, it doesn't make sense on paper. The commands of Scripture are counterintuitive. Intuitive. It says this in Proverbs 14, 12. There is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. Proverbs 3, 5 through 7 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Why? Because your own understanding will lead you in the wrong direction. Don't depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. The, the pathway to success, the, the pathway to peace, the pathway to joy, the pathway to so many things that we are all looking for, the road to get to those things is not the road that we think the road is. It's counterintuitive. Right? We would think to have peace and joy and success would be to do A, B, and C. And yet Jesus says, no, 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 don't do those. Those will be bad. What you need to do is this, this, and this. And if, we're not have a, if we don't have a biblical mindset, we won't know. We'll just do what we think is best, and we'll find ourselves in trouble over and over and over again. So uh, number three in, in your notes, just why this is important. And I think this is a, it, it's helpful for us to know why this is important because sometimes we just, we just kind of go through the motions and we hope, you know, well, if I come to church and maybe if I read the Bible every now and then, that'll be good enough. I, I can't express the urgency of this uh, enough that we've got to train to have this biblical mindset. The third reason is just growth and change always starts in our minds. It always starts in our minds. Now, our problem is we think it starts and finishes in our minds. It does not finish in our minds, but, but at least starts, right? So, um, and this is how it is in every area of life. So you, one day, you have a thought, I want to lose weight. Um, and so in order to then lose weight, you say, hmm, I want to lose weight. So I should probably, you know, maybe like read some books on this or, you know, listen to some podcasts or, you know, do something like, how do you, how do you lose weight? And so you, you begin to listen to people that are telling you, hey, this worked for me. Or you, 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 so you begin to search for knowledge on how you lose weight. And then you begin to do the things that you learned, right? Because what you were doing wasn't working. And so you begin to do the things you learned, which then helps you lose weight. This is how we do everything in life. It starts with a thought. I'd like to play piano. Oh, that's great. If that's all you ever have, you'll never be a great piano player, but it at least starts with your mind. Um, and then it moves into, well, I'm going to learn the things, and I'm going to do the things, and I'm going to practice, and then we begin to be a good piano player. So Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2 says this, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Um, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 to 24 says it this way, throw off your old sinful nature, your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, <clears throat> let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. and Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So you start with the desire to change, and then this is, this is the reason having a biblical mindset is important. Having the desire to be like Jesus is wonderful. Praying a prayer and saying, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. I want to follow you. That's fantastic. That's the first step. But then you've got to learn, what does it look like to follow Jesus? What does it look like to do the things that Jesus tells you to do and to live life the way he tells you to? What does that look like? And the only way you can begin to learn those things is to begin to develop a biblical mindset, and then you have to begin to put those things into practice. 
And as you learn those things by having a biblical mindset, as you put them in practice, you begin to find the life transformation happening from the inside out. It's not, it's not being smarter with the Bible that changes you, but it's knowing the Bible and knowing the, seeing the world through the lens of the Bible that allows us to then do the things that Jesus says to do so that the Holy Spirit can change us from the inside out. All right, so let's get practical, like, because this is, the whole point of this is how do we do this? And I, and I hope I've at least created enough urgency where you're like, okay, I need to do this. I need to have a biblical mindset, all right? I, that's kind of what I'm hoping we're at now. And so now how do we do this? What is the practical steps? Number one, uh, how do you develop and maintain a biblical main, mindset? You need to make it a priority. Make it a priority. If, if you wake up, um, if an athlete wakes up and, and says, hey, I think um, I want to get on that team, you know, whatever team that is. And uh, having the thought is great, but if that athlete doesn't begin to do some things to try to get on the team, they'll probably never get on the team. If there was a sports team that said, hey, we want to win the championship in whatever the championship is, uh, that's great to have the thought, but if they just went to bed that night, hey, we desire to win the championship, but we're not going to do anything to prepare or get ready to win that championship, they're probably not going to win the championship. Having the thought, we want to win the championship, is great. But then you have to begin to order your life around some things that will help you accomplish the goal that you want to accomplish. And so the same way with the biblical mindset. For you to say, okay, Pastor Brad, you have convinced me I should have a biblical mindset. That's great. If you just leave here and you don't do anything different, that will not work. You've got to then order your life. You've got to make it a priority in, in the things you're doing and the way you're living your life for you to develop that biblical mindset. And so um, you have to make decisions and you have to put things in your life that will allow you to develop that biblical mindset. Proverbs 2, 1 through 5. Let me read this again with this in mind. My child, listen to what I say. Treasure my commands. Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver and seek them like hidden treasure. And then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord and you will gain knowledge the knowledge of God. So uh, there is a priority in this, right? If you seek it like it's silver, if you seek it like it's a hidden treasure, you'll find it. And what that then tells me is if I don't seek it like it's silver and I don't seek it like it's hidden treasure, I won't find it. So here, here's the thing. I don't know, any of you ever been like a, uh, ever gone on like a week excursion of searching for hidden treasure or silver or done anything like that? Any of you treasure hunters in the room? No, I too am not a treasure hunter, uh, but I have watched all the Indiana Jones movies. Um, and so, and I feel like that makes me very qualified to say this statement. This is what I know about treasure hunters. You don't find it in the first like few minutes of searching for treasure. It's, that's not the way it works. You don't just stumble on treasure. Like, you know, every day you walk out of your house and you're like, hey, look, here's treasure and here's, here's silver in abundance. Like, that's just not how it works. But sometimes we have the mentality when it comes to the Bible and when it comes to having a biblical mindset that every time we open up the Bible, there's going to be this like amazing moment where you know the sky splits and a beam of light shines on a particular verse and we go, ah, you know, like um, that doesn't happen every time you open the Bible. I, I think if there's anything that might help you with this, is this, this idea of making it a priority is just saying, I'm going to do this on a regular basis. I'm going to read the Bible on a regular basis, and I'm just going to understand that there's going to be times where I'm reading it, and it's good, and it's nourishing. It's kind of like meals. If I asked you uh, to name the top five meals that you've eaten in the last six months, like to tell me the best meals you've eaten in the last six months, some of you are like, now all I've lost you. Uh, you're not even going to pay attention to anything else this whole sermon because you're thinking about lunch. Uh, but if I, if I told you to tell me the best meals that you had in the last six months, 
um, you could probably, if you thought long enough and you thought hard enough, you could come up with five that you would say, oh yeah, when I, I ate at this restaurant or this meal that we had or this, and there'd be a lot of reasons that would make those meals special. Maybe it was the food, maybe it was the company, maybe, you know, but you could probably name your top five meals. Now I would argue to you, all of the meals you've eaten in the last six months have been beneficial to you, right? They've all nourished you, They've given you strength. Uh, even the meals that were like mediocre at best, right? They were like the go through the drive-through somewhere because you were in a hurry and you had to, uh, it was still something that gave you strength for that day. And in scripture's the same way. We have to make it a priority and we need to understand there's benefit and there's value in reading it on a daily basis or, or listening to it uh, on a daily basis. But uh, it's, it's, there's going to be those moments where there's like a hidden treasure that just explodes off the page. But if you aren't consistent through the 10 days or the 15 days of reading it to get to that moment where you find the hidden treasure, where you find the silver, then, then you'll, you'll miss it. You'll never be a successful treasure hunter if you only tre you know, treasure hunt like once a year. Like, I'm going to go out and you know, go out in the backyard and see if I can find it. Nope, nothing. All right. I, uh, I, guess, I guess there's no treasure available to me. And sometimes what happens is we have this mentality and we start thinking there's something wrong with us because we, everybody else has these like huge epiphanies when they read the Bible and I'm not, I'm just not getting it. Or we think there's something wrong with God and the reality is we just need to know, we need to consistently be putting God's word into our life and when we do that, there will be those moments where it'll be like a treasure found. But they don't come every day and that's important for you to know. Um, Number two is this, find your personal learning style. Find your personal learning style. Um, and what, what I mean by this is we're all so different in this room. Uh, there are some of you where if I said, you know, hey, what's the best novel that you have read in the last month? Some of you, you'd just light up and you'd tell me about some book you were reading. And then there'd be others of you that I would ask you that question. And you'd be like, I don't know, is there a movie on that? Can I, can I tell you my, can I give you my favorite movie? Something like, you know, there are some people who like to read and there's some people who don't like to read. And, and if I got up here and I said, listen, you've got to read the Bible every day, and that's all I said, some of you just tuned me out right there. I'm not going to read the Bible. I don't like to read. I don't like to read anything, much less the Bible, right? So, um, and so the reality is what you have to do is get God's Word in your heart and in your life. It's okay if you're not reading. It, it, you just need to get God's Word in your heart and your life. So first of all, that starts with find a good translation that you can understand, all right? Um, what I have here, these are from, these, these are my Bibles from my bookshelf that I just pulled off this morning. Um, all of these Bibles have been influential in my life. Some of them I've read more than others. This is my Greek New Testament, and this is my... Hebrew Old Testament. Do not ask me to read to you out of these. Uh, I could barely do it in seminary and in college, um, and it's gotten real rusty over the years. Um, but I keep them on my bookshelf so I look smart. Um, so, um, so, you know, but the original language, the New Testament was Greek, the Old Testament was Hebrew. If you're reading in English, you're not reading the original. The original was Hebrew and Greek, all right? Um, find a translation that you understand. If you don't understand Hebrew and Greek, they're probably not the best ones for you to read, right? Find, find one that you can understand. Um, I, I was just going through looking at these. There's, we, we, I preach from the New Living Translation. Um, I typically will read from that. There's a lot of reasons for that. It's, a, it's an easy to understand translation that is very accurate to the Hebrew and the Greek. I like it because it converts numbers and dates into modern day numbers and dates. And so there's just a lot of things I like about the New Living Translation, but there's so many good translations. Um, the, the CSB, the Christian Standard Bible, an excellent translation. Uh, this is the NASB. When I graduated from college, my sister uh, got me this uh, leather-bound New American Standard uh, Bible, and I preached from it for a little bit. Um, and this is my 
NIV study Bible. When I was in high school, my junior summer of high school, I gave my life to the Lord. Uh, I bought this that summer, and I'm telling you, every day of my senior year of high school, me and my best friend, Jimmy Criddle, we would walk through those halls of our high school, and I would be carrying my NIV study Bible, and I would tell everybody all the things they were doing wrong. Uh, I've I've grown a lot since then. That was not a very fruitful uh, season. this was when my favorite t-shirt was turn or burn, fly or fry, live or die, it's no brainer, and I would wear that t-shirt, and I would, it was a big Bible, you know, you could really tell people a lot, but anyway, super, super helpful, um, this is a King James version that was my grandfather's Bible that my dad has, there's notes in here, uh, my dad gave it to me in 1995, and um, you know, this is a ESV translation, and then a message paraphrase. Um, so there's, there's a lot of great translations. Find one that connects with you. Find one that's helpful for you. Um, you know, I, I tell people all the time, we're, we're not King James, anti-King James around here. I, you know, I've got a King James in my library. Um, I, some of us grew up in churches. I, to this day, all of the Ten Commandments in my mind have King James language. Uh, that's, just like, that's just how I think of the Ten Commandments with King James. Thou shalt not. That's how I think of them. Um, there's nothing wrong with the King James, um, but if you read it and you aren't getting help, if you read it and it seems so hard and you can't get past the language that you're not growing and you're not developing a biblical mindset, then find a translation that's more helpful. If you're reading it and it's helping you and you're growing, keep reading it. Uh, but, but find one that's helpful. But the other thing about this, um, having, having a discovering your learning style is, again, if, if you don't like to read... Nothing I just said matters, because you're like, yeah, but I'm not going to read. Um, is there a movie on the Bible? Um, uh, so here's, here's what you need to know. If you don't have the YouVersion Bible app on your phone, you need to do that before you leave this building today. I will stay here with you, all right? If, if there's a line of people, all right, come see me after the service, and I will help you put the YouVersion Bible app on your phone. Um, the thing about the YouVersion Bible app, for those of you who are more audible learners and you're just like, I don't like to read, the YouVersion Bible app, you can pick the translation that you like, pick the translation that you understand, and then hit play, and it will read Scripture to you. So let me, let me ask you, we, we've sometimes elevated reading to like a spiritual level that it shouldn't be at, right? So like somehow spiritual giants read and people who don't read are not spiritual giants. And let me just ask you this question. Do you think that there were spiritual people before the Gutenberg Press? Do you think that there were people that knew God's word and were living out God's word before the printing press existed and before everybody had all of those copies? Of Of course. Of course you can have a biblical mindset and not read the Bible. It doesn't have to be reading. It just means putting the Bible in your heart and in your mind. Um, Listen to this passage in Nehemiah chapter 8, verses 7 to 8. The Levites, and then it lists a whole bunch of them, then instructed the people in the law while everyone remained in their places. And they read from the book of the law of God and clearly explained the meaning of what was being read Helping the people understand each passage. This, what you're doing now is developing a biblical mindset. Being in worship, making it a priority to say, I'm going to be in worship every single week and I'm going to hear the Bible taught so that I can understand it, it is helpful towards having a biblical mindset. I would argue to you, you need to do this every day. And, and while you're driving to work or while you're driving, whatever you're doing or in your quiet time, if you don't like to read, you can listen to scripture being read to you. And whether you're an audible learner or a visual learner, find out your learning style, find a translation you can understand and start filling your heart and your mind with that because it's important. So <clears throat> number three, two more to go. Some of you are like, how are we doing? All right, we're... Two more. Stay connected to other Christians. Stay connected to other Christians. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your lives. Teach 
and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. So you understand that passage doesn't say, let the, let the pastor teach and counsel all of you. It says, teach and counsel each other. There's something about the body of believers teaching and counseling each other. It's having other people in your life that when you're listening to scripture or you're reading scripture and you have a question, you're like, that doesn't make sense. How does that work? You have somebody that you can help interpret it and help understand how that applies in your life. And so uh, you'll, you'll never know all of God's word fully and completely to the point that you don't need to grow. I, there are people in this room, there, there's people in this room who've been following Jesus for decades. And they've been reading scripture or listening to scripture for decades. And they would tell you, there's so much I don't know. Like, there, there's just so much I don't know. Um, I have degrees in this book, in studying this book, and regularly, I'm like, how have I never seen that? How have I never known? Like, you know, I'm, I'm constantly learning from other people. It doesn't matter how long you walk with the Lord, and it doesn't matter how many times you read through Scripture or you listen through Scripture, you're going to find things, because again, it's like searching for hidden treasure. And you might read a passage that you've read a hundred times before, but you'll come across that passage one day in a time of crisis or a time of need, and it'll be like a treasure chest. And you'll say, oh, how have I never seen that before? Um, or you'll read a passage that won't make sense to you, and you'll go talk to someone, and you'll say, can you explain this to me? And they'll explain it to you, and you'll go, how did I not see that? Because we all have blind spots. We all have areas in our life that we just we can't see past because of our background because of our, our just areas of life that we've been in. and So having other people around us allows us to grow in this area of a biblical mindset in such an important way. And so it's not just reading and listening to Scripture, but it's about having people in your life that can help you interpret it well. Because I, I don't know if you've ever run across somebody that doesn't go to church, and all they do is like, read internet blogs and like you know they they absorb a lot of content from every person on the web who's putting out stuff and and they're just absorbing all the and they just start having crazy ideas and they start talking like crazy and you're like where are you getting that and it's because they're in isolation and they're not connected to a healthy body of believers with, with other healthy spiritually people that can say, that's crazy. You know, like I, I need some people in my life that I can say, hey, I was reading this and I, I thought this. And somebody can look at me and go, Brad, that's crazy. Like, what, you know, I need people in my life like that. You need people in your life like that, especially if you're a new believer, because we're just sometimes apt to like start chasing after crazy stuff. And we need healthy people around us to, to keep us accountable. Hebrews 10, 24 to 25 says this, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. All right, so then the last one is, is this, obey what you already know. Obey what you already know. So it is important that you make this a priority in your life. It is important that you discover your learning style and, and don't do what everybody else does, right? If, if you know, somebody might have told you one time, the only way to read the Bible is to like get a cup of coffee at five in the morning and you know, go out on your porch as the sun rises and, and just pour over God's word for you know, two hours and that's not the only way you can get God's word in your heart. You just need to know that. Find your learning style. You, you might have tried that one time and fell asleep on the porch and were late to work, and that was the last time you did that. Well, don't do that again, right? Like, find different ways of getting God's word in your heart, but don't stop filling your heart with God's word just because somebody else's learning style didn't work for you. It, you, you've got to make it a priority. You've got to find a learning style, discover it. You, you've got to uh, then uh, do uh, what other Christians around you will help you interpret it, but then you've got to do it. You've got to obey it. So um, let, me, let me explain it like this. Um, if, if you think of a, a dimmer switch on lights, 
This is kind of how this works. If, if God reveals something to you very clearly, and, and we've all had this happen. I, I know you've had this happen where you just know that you know that you know God wants you to do something. God wants you to be obedient in a certain area, that there's something that he has clearly said, I want you to start doing this, or I want you to stop doing that. And, and you, it, there's no doubt God spoke very clearly to you. If you obey that, and you say, yes, Lord, and you do what he asks you to do, it's almost like God takes the dimmer switch and gives you a little bit more light. He turns the light up a little bit brighter. But if you ignore that, and if you go, no, God, I'm not going to do that, it's almost like you reach up and you turn the dimmer switch down and you make it a little bit darker and a little bit harder to see. And, and this is just the way spiritual truth works. The more we're obedient, the more truth God allows us to have. The more we obey, the more we begin to see. And the more we disobey, and the more we choose to say, I'm not going to do that, God, the less we're allowed to see. And so sometimes we're, we're saying, "Why well, I can't find where I want to go, and I can't find that next step, and I can't. And we're so frustrated, and we're like, God, give me more, give me more, give me more. And God's like, I've already given you this, this, and this, and you're not being obedient. And when you start to be obedient in these areas, I'll give you more. But it starts with being obedient with what you know. And no matter where you're at in this room and your journey with the Lord, if you're brand new at this, um, if, if you are like just began following Jesus, maybe this Easter, or if you've been following Jesus for years and years and years, this is the truth. All of us in this room right now, we know that there are some things we should do, and we know that there are some things that we should not do. And how we respond in obedience to those things will allow us to get more light and more truth or to have less light um, and, and, and stumble even further in darkness. And so um, I, I just encourage you to, to be obedient to what you know. Do, do the things. Listen to what James chapter 1, verse 22 says. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. Matthew 7, 24 to 27, Jesus tells this story. He says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes and torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand, and when the rains and the floods come, the winds beat against the house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. The only difference in this story that Jesus tells between the wise man and the fool, the wise man hears and does what he heard, and the fool hears and does not do. And one of them has good consequences, and one of them has bad consequences. And that's just the way it always works. John 13, 17 says, Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. The secret to having a biblical mindset is, is just saying, I'm going to do everything I can do to put God's word into my life. Do it in a hundred different ways. In uh, this week in the cafe is the last week to sign up for some of these groups. There are so many opportunities, even in our small group areas, some new groups that are starting. Uh, Friday night, The Chosen. Um, you know, if, if you're like, well, is there a movie? Kind of, you know, The Chosen, right? Watch The Chosen. Uh, so there, there's a group that's going to be meeting on Friday nights and watching The Chosen. There's, there's going to be a group going through the story method of learning God's word through a story method. Um, there's, there's just so many different ways. And, and not all of us are going to learn the same way, but make it a priority to put God's word in your heart and in your mind. Put some other people in your life to help you interpret it well, and then be obedient and doing the things that God reveals to you. I, I love this about our Lord. He does not give us 1,000 things that we need to change. And this is good news. Let me, I'll, I'll close with this. Um, right now, there's probably 1,000 things that you should change in your life. 
The good news is, is God does not tell us all 1,000 at once because we would all be overwhelmed, right? I know I would be. Um, and, and so uh, the reality is he'll give you one or two. And he'll say, hey, I need you to work on this. I need you to focus on this. And if we're just obedient and we focus on that one or two things, he'll then give us more. I, I love how graceful he is with that. Um, the problem with many Christians are we feel compelled to go tell everybody the thousand things they need to change, you know. And listen, the Holy Spirit's better at that job than you are. Let the Holy Spirit do his job, and, and you just do your job and be faithful, um, and, and you be a witness. So let's pray, and then we're going to close, and we're going to sing a song that just reminds us that before we start doing anything to build a biblical mindset, it all starts with the blood of Jesus. So let's pray together. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the power that it has to convict us, to to inspire us, to help us, to encourage us, to challenge us in so many different ways. I, I pray that you would help us to uh, be a church, be a people that does everything that we need to do to make it a priority to fill our hearts, to fill our minds with your word. Lord, I pray that you would help us to begin to, to look at the world through a set of lenses that would be so shaped by scripture that, that we, would, we would just choose to be obedient to you, to when we see things in the world, that we would recognize those things in the world uh, because of the way that we have been influenced and shaped and molded by your word. We're grateful that before we ever start reading scripture or listening to scripture, that you went to great lengths to pursue us, that, Father, you sent your son, Jesus, to live a perfect life, to lay down his life on a cross, that his blood was shed so that we could be forgiven. Lord, I'm grateful that it's not up to me to get to you, that you have done everything necessary for us to have a relationship with you. Lord, I pray that you would help us to train and grow in that relationship that that relationship would become stronger and better as we're obedient and as we do the right and avoid the wrong. Lord, as we sing this song, I pray that you would remind us that it doesn't start with us, it starts with you and to help us to receive that grace afresh and anew. And we ask it in Jesus' name, amen.